Well, if you've been with us at Stone Point uh, over the last six or seven weeks, we've been looking at our Old Testament. And if you're in here tonight and you would say that you maybe grew up in church or you were around church enough to know that there was an Old Testament, like you go, I know there's an Old Testament. Raise your hand, okay? Awesome, good deal. I just discovered that last year, so I feel good, okay? Uh, no, I actually grew up, and, and I knew uh, that there were 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. I uh, knew a lot of those things, but I always struggled to figure out how do we bring the Old Testament into the picture? Because as you read it, if you're like me, maybe you read the Bible and you go, man, it just seems like a bunch of stories, a bunch of narratives. And, and there are some cool stories, you know? I mean, you got Jonah who gets swallowed by a fish. You got Moses who parts the Red Sea. Uh, you got uh, Daniel who is literally almost eaten by lions. You've got a guy named David who's, you know, he's, he goes up against a guy that's 10 foot tall. His shield weighs over 125 pounds and he slays him with a rock. And so, like, you see all of these stories in the Bible, and you think, man, there are some pretty cool stories. And, but beyond that, we figure it very hard and difficult for us to take those stories and use those in practical life. But here's what we've seen. We've seen over the last several weeks that Jesus is actually in all of those stories. And, and not like is he just kind of mentioned in those stories. He is intricately woven in those narratives in ways that you and I could never, ever expect on our own. Matter of fact, like we look at Adam, the very first man that God ever created, and we see him and we know that he was created and, and he had the best of circumstances around him. He had a perfect creation. He was over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the livestock, everything that roamed, he was over. And he had this perfect relationship with God, and then they were deceived. And in the garden, they failed to temptation. But we see that Jesus, he what, was in the garden of Gethsemane, and he stood against not only temptation, but ultimately punishment of sin. And he said, Father, if there be any other way that this cup could pass for me, may it be your will, but not I, your will be done, but not mine. And, and the thing is, is this, is we see that Jesus was completely obedient where Adam fell short. Matter of fact, Adam was cursed by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It brought us a curse by the tree, and Jesus was cursed on the tree so that we may what, have life through it. Yes? And then, and then we see, like, we see the, the character of Joseph. Joseph, a, a young man loved by his father, given a robe of righteousness, hated by his brothers, sold off into slavery. We see him as being the true picture of Jesus. Jesus loved completely by his father, sent into the world, though he would be hated by his own. And he was what? Sold for 30 shekels, pieces of silver, and what? Was ultimately crucified. And would what? Raise again. We see Moses. Moses goes outside of the camp on behalf of the people and he would pray and he would meet so that people could stand at their tents and they could have a relationship with God. Jesus goes outside of the city on the hill of Golgotha. He is a sacrifice that you and I can meet here at our own homes and we can have a perfect relationship with God. We see Story after story after story. You got David who he slays a giant named Goliath. He stands over him and he cuts his head off. We don't really ever tell that to our kids, right? Sorry, kids. <laughs> and the reason is, is that story is there not to help us overcome our fears. That story is there to help us see that Jesus triumphed over Satan the same way. He literally cut the head off of the Diablos, the accuser, Satan himself, so that we may have life through Jesus Christ.
And then, of course, we saw Daniel last week. And Daniel, he was perfectly righteous. I mean, you never saw a sin in any of Daniel's things. Now, he was a, a man, and so he was a sinner. But you, you see that he was a, a great man of righteousness, that God loved him very much. And not only did God love him, but people loved him. And he was esteemed, and he was given worth and value, and ultimately, he was given precedence. The problem is that he was accused, though he was innocent. And he faced death because of a king's righteous decree that he, he executed. And what is that? It's a picture of Jesus. Jesus is the same. He was sent by his father. There was, a, there was a law that was there, and it was executed, and it could not be reversed. And because of that, Jesus died willingly, though he was tried six times and never found guilty. So you see the Old Testament's important? Yes? And the question is, is, why? Why is the Old Testament so important? It's because it reveals a nation, and from that nation, a man, okay? And that man is named Jesus. And so, can I just kind of cut, cut to the chase? Simon Peter, he says something that's of great value tonight. And the value is not found in the Old Testament, but it's what he wrote in the New Testament. And in 2 Peter chapter 1, and I'm going to provide the following verses for you. It says that Simon Peter, he, he was a servant of the apostle Jesus. And he says, to those who have obtained faith of equal standing, with ours by the righteousness of God, right? And, and our Savior Jesus Christ. He says, I'm writing, and, and who is this? He says, I'm an apostle. And so he has the right to speak on such issues. He has the right to speak about what Christ is doing. And, and he says, to those who have obtained the same faith, that I have, he says, I want you to hear me. And the question is, is how did you obtain your faith? Well, he says it. He says, you obtained your faith, how? Based off of Christ and his righteousness. Do you see that? I mean, look right there in, in verse 1. It's, it's in his righteousness that we, we get such things. And so we have that, and, and the question is this. Moreover, what do we do? It says, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. In the knowledge of God, right? Of, of our Lord, our, our Savior, Jesus Christ. So, grace and peace be multiplied to you based off of Christ's righteousness. And, and there, as you begin to look at it, it says this. It says that faith is the same value that, that Christ has put in us. Verse 1 is obtained through knowing Christ, abiding in Him. And he says, and it's multiplied to you because of the knowledge that you have in Christ. And you go, okay, that's great. What does that even mean? Well, look at verse 3. Verse 3 is the reason that you and I are here. And I'll tell you that there are literally thousands and thousands of churches meeting tonight, and there's very, very few. I would venture to say less than 1% that are probably using this text in 2 Peter. And the reason why is this. Because you and I want to hear about a baby, Luke 2, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Right? But you cannot have a Savior if He only lays in a manger. The Savior began in a manger, was a perfect God-man, and He became obedient to death, even death on the cross. And He did it so that you and I could take part, get this, in His righteousness. That you and I could be a part of the story. That you and I could be grafted into this thing. And we look at an Old Testament about Israel, Israel, Israel. And what's interesting is, is that you never see the church mentioned ever in the Old Testament. And you go, why? And here's why. 
the church was a mystery. It's a mystery that only God unlocked through Jesus Christ. It's only something the Spirit of God reveals to us. And so he unlocks what? The keys to the kingdom through Jesus Christ and his righteousness. And we experience it. And when we experience him, what does he give us? Well, here's the hope of the season. This is the reason that we go out of here tonight. We sing. We celebrate. We wrap uh, gifts and unwrap gifts. We tell kids, no, 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 tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. No, I said tomorrow. And this is why we deal with the tantrums and the fits, right? Because they're coming. At least they are in our house. But it's because we know that Christ has apportioned us all that we need. Matter of fact, verse 3 says that His divine power, His divine power has granted to us all things. You see that? How many things? A few things? Can everybody in here say all? All All things. He says His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness. When Christ became a perfect God-man, He did it so that you have an intimate relationship with a holy God. Not so that you meander through this life asking the question that all of us are asking, God, what am I supposed to do with my life? And that is the overarching question that you and I are having a difficult time settling on in the last seven days of this year. God, what am I supposed to do? I've only got seven days left. And here's what we're going to do with our seven days, right? We're going to eat well, right? (laughs) Can I get an amen? Amen. But here's the deal. That's just one example, though, isn't it? For some of us, it's not eating that we're going to do. For some of us, we're going to continue to cope. And then we're going to say to ourselves, but i got seven days to get this thing figured out. i got seven days to kind of wrap my head around this. And and then, and then what? And then I'm going to do this, and this, and this, right? Like, I'm already working on my list, right? Spiritual, physical, intellectual goals. I'm already kind of working on it. The question is, is, Why is that not starting today? Because according to this, he says what? He says his divine powers granted us everything, everything that pertains to life and godliness. And it's not just as we kick off New Year's resolutions. It's not just when we turn over a new leaf. It's when we embrace the gospel and the spirit of God working in our lives. And what does it do? It calls us closer to him. Matter of fact, it says, and it's through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So he comes to give us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And he wants us to what? Be called to him in his own glory and excellence. He wants us to look like the father. For instance, our kids, the longer they live, the more they look like us. They act like us. They say things like us. Dad, Sometimes they do some of the things you do, right? (laughs) That was dead! No, it wasn't. But they're so used to, right? In our house, it's mom, but... I'm just kidding. I did not run that by her either. Some of my best things just come to me, you know what I mean? She's like, you've got it coming to you, all right? But the thing is, as we go through life, what God is doing 
is he's working on us through his spirit, and his spirit is calling us to his excellence. We ought to look more like God today than we did last year. We ought to look more like God today than we did three months ago or even three weeks ago. And, and can, I, can I just say to you that we oftentimes don't, and here's why. Because we, listen, we don't because we miss out on this one thing. He's given us through His divine power, and He's granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through knowledge. Where, where is knowledge? Right here. Right here. And it's the, it's the most sold book in all of history, and it's the, also the one that we read the least. And the thing is, is that this book right here is so that you and I can tap into the mystery that is what? Known to us through the gospel and through the Spirit of God and ultimately because of Jesus Christ, the true and better Adam, the true and better David and Joseph. He has given us a divine word and it says everything. Everything, all things are there? Yes, my marriage is on the rocks. Well, get, can I just tell you that God's word has all the, all, all, all things that pertain to life, godliness, and marriage. Your financial situation's got to improve. Well, let me tell you something. What you don't need is a better job. What you do need is what? To handle things through the gospel and through the story of the Bible. And so you go, all things, yes, all things. Why? Because it's calling us to his glory and excellence. And then look at this, verse 4, by which he's granted to us his precious and very great promises. What promises? Well, here's the promise. You got me? He says, I'll never leave nor forsake you. He says, I'm going to bring you into the family of God. I'm going to adopt you as heirs to the throne. That means that you are no longer on your standing, but you're the standing of a perfect and righteous judge. He transfers to you his righteousness, and he takes on your sin. Wow, what kind of deal was that? Yes, he gives us strength when we are weak. He holds us when we're in despair. We overcome all things through Christ. We are loved by a holy God. We are a chosen people. We're a royal priesthood. And all of this happens, why? Because of His very precious and very great promises. And so as we open gifts, what is the goal of this? It's that you may be become partakers. Partakers. Get this. Partakers. Can you say partakers? Partakers. What, what are you saying? Brandon, like, you want me to leave and actually do something tonight? Like, you want me to partake of something? Well, I can tell you this. I'm going to be taking, partaking of a lot of things later, right? Yes. Yes, some chocolate-covered something. <laughs> yes. Peanut brittle, to name a few. I mean, I'm already starting on my New Year's resolutions next week, right? But the question is why? We're to become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world because of sinful desire. And so why did Christ die? Listen, he died. He came in the form of a baby. He lived among his people. And though they did not recognize him, he took the gospel and made it known to the Gentile, you and I. And the question is why? So that you may be partakers in his divine will and promise that you are not left out on the cold on your own, but that he has an answer for us. I'm going to just wrap it up to, for you like this. The other night, we were watching for the very first time in our house the, the Jim Carrey movie, The Grinch, right? And, and like we've been talking about it for three or so weeks, 
And uh, our, our youngest son, Caleb, is like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know about the Grinch. And he looks at the Grinch. He's like, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know about the Grinch. And so like we, every week, we just go by and we'd talk. And be like, hey, Caleb, man, you want to watch the Grinch? Like, oh, no, 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 not the Grinch. Well, last Friday, we were like, Caleb, you want to rent the movie The Grinch? And he's like, yeah, let's do this. And I'm like, dude, are you sure? And I look him right in the eye, and he goes, yeah, I'm not scared of him. And I said, really? He goes, yeah. He says, for the Lord our God is always with it. And he did this. <sighs> and I was like, dude, dude. I'm like, that is truth right there, brother. I'm like, and hey, the Grinch has nothing on the Lord. Got me? Are you good? He's like, start it. Start it. <laughs> so we start the movie, and, and then you, you've got the little girl, and she's like, da, 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 Grinch. And he's like, da, 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 Grinch. And at that point, Caleb comes out of his chair, and he goes, I don't know that Jesus is enough. He's like, I need daddy. And he sits in daddy's arms the rest of the movie. And I'm like, ye of little faith. <laughs> but am I reading this scripture? I cannot help but see the Caleb in me. You understand? Because let me explain something to you. Caleb has limited knowledge about Jesus Christ. Yes, but he has a lot of knowledge over the last three years, almost, or I'm sorry, four years now, he just turned four, four years over what dad can do. And what does he think? He thinks dad's a superhero, right? And if he doesn't think it, I always tell him, right? I'm a, I'm a superhero. <laughs> dad's got you. And so in that moment of despair, like when fear entered, he goes, dad is the one who can save me. But here's what I want you to understand. You and I all know even you superhero dads in this room, that our strength is limited. Yes? But the one whose strength is not limited is the one who allows us to be partakers in his divine will. He's giving us everything we need for life and godliness. And when we fear something, the one we turn to is Jesus Christ. Why? Because the whole Bible points to him. He overcame Fear, death, and the grave so that you and I could be ushered into the presence of a holy God. And he started in the form of a baby. He lived a perfect, sinless life, and he went outside of the city, and he made penance for you and I. He was crucified. He was spit upon. He was rejected, just as the prophet Isaiah said 700 years earlier in Isaiah 53. And here's why. Get this. So that you and I could take part of the best Christmas gift ever. And to open it and to receive it is not enough. Listen, I'm not talking about you just walking in an aisle at church camp and going, I received the promises of God. No, the question is, are you being partakers of His divine will? Are you walking in Christ? Are you being rooted and built up, strengthened the faith? Colossians 2 so that you and I can overflow into other people. That is the gospel story. And it started in the city of David, the town of Bethlehem. As it was heralded and proclaimed to the, what? To the angels, do not be afraid. Why? 
Because the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes is here. And get this. He is our hope. He is our joy. He is our peace. Yes. Yes. He is the long-expected one, and his name is what? Jesus. Yes. The gift that we celebrate. And I'll tell you, if your house is like my house, right now it's a struggle sometimes to focus where it should be. Yes? Yeah. You're trying to teach kids about Jesus. And here's the deal. It's hard to learn about Jesus when if you look at verse 4 one more time, look at it. What? We haven't escaped the corruption that's in this world because of sinful desire. And the word escaped there is, a, is the, the word like you're running from a prison. That's the idea in the Greek. The idea is that you are fleeing from it. And so here's the question. Is it hard to see Jesus in this season if your eyes are focused on the world? Yes, it is. And I don't know about you, but that's the battle being waged in our house and in my own life. But the bottom line is it doesn't have to be that way. Why? Because Jesus is sufficient. He is the one perfect one who came to give us life and joy and peace. He is the long-expected Jesus, rejected by some and received by many others. Have you received him? If so, live in him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together, church. Lord, we thank you for tonight, and we thank you for the message of hope, and we thank you, Lord, that you have come to give us eternal life, that you've made us child of the promise, children of God, that we have access to the most holy place through prayer because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross, that we've been adopted into his family, that we are his workmanship, that we're created in Christ to do good works, that he is our strength when we're weak, that we're new creations, that we're no longer slaves to sin, that we're completely forgiven, and that his righteousness has been transferred to us. Lord, we're thankful, we're thankful that we're that you've done that for us. Lord, I'm also thankful, Lord, that you've protected me to the end and that when this life that's fleeting comes to an end, that you'll receive me home to the place that you're preparing for me even now. And Lord, until that day, may we live in this world not loving it more than we loved you. May we look to you. May we experience you. Father, I pray that your divine purposes and will would fall fresh on our lives that we would know that through the word of God, you've given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Lord, help us to live in that and dwell in that. Help us to open up the word and receive the knowledge that you've given us, a mystery that you've made known through the word. Lord, we love you and we thank you, and we mostly thank you that you are a true and better, that the Old Testament is simply a picture of what was coming. And Lord, we know you've come, but we also know you're coming again. And so we celebrate that even more. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.